Hello and welcome back to Season 6, Episode 16 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Make sure you tune in to all the various podcasts that we have to offer at scatteredabroad.org. The Scattered Abroad Network is a network of podcasts with a podcast each day of the week that will encourage you to be faithful Christians. Go check out the Far Better podcast on Wednesdays, the Transform podcast on Tuesdays, Weathering the Storm on Thursdays, and many different other podcasts as well that are available. Like I said, uh, go check out scatteredabroad.org, and uh, certainly want to remind you of that from time to time. We are finishing up our entire study of the general epistles this week. This is something we've been going through uh, several different seasons of the podcast. We started with James, and then we went through First and Second Peter. Now uh, we have gone through First, Second, and Third John, and uh, now Jude. This is what we're going to be uh, finishing up with Jude. And there's only one chapter, but we're looking at verses twelve to the end of the chapter. Last time, you might remember that uh, we talked about how Jude essentially had to change his sermon, if you will from that of the common salvation to that of the false teachings and the false ways of living that uh, was going on. And uh, these false ways of sinful living were leading to condemnation. And so uh, Jude had to address it. We also mentioned last week that uh, Jude gave examples out of the Old Testament, such as the Israelites who fell in the wilderness after having uh, come out of Egypt, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Balaam, and a couple other examples as well from the Old Testament. This week, uh, there's going to be a continuation of that discussion, and then at the end, we will turn it around and talk about how we are to be uh, in contrast to these wicked men. Verses 12 and 13, the tainting of the church that goes on when these false doctrines and false sinful ways of living are uh, encouraged. So let's look at verse number 12. It says, these are spots in your love feast. And that's talking about, uh, again, the church was tainted by the sinful ways of what uh, Jude had just, had just covered. So these are spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. And then it says, late autumn trees without fruit, twice did, pulled up by the roots. So there's a lot to unpack here in verse 12. Love feast, uh, that is kind of basically what we would call a potluck type meal, fellowship meal, something akin to that. And uh, this was tainting those occurrences, that, that fellowship, because we're not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So the wickedness that Jude is having to deal with in this short epistle is uh, it's causing a very serious problem with the church. Spots in their love feast. Uh, these sinful people were feasting right along with other Christians without fear. They, they did not even fear the things that they were doing. They were only serving themselves and the false teachers were like clouds without water. We talked about that last week when we looked at uh, Second Peter chapter two, which has a lot of similarities to what we're reading here. 
But again, you, you kind of picture the idea of maybe it's a, a drought during the summer and it's a long, hot summer and you just desperately want some rain. And then you see some rain clouds, those uh, gray cumulonimbus clouds on the horizon and they're heading your way. But then the wind uh, causes them to drift the opposite direction or what have you. And uh, you don't ever get a drop of rain. And so there's no hope there. There's no uh, hope for clouds without water. And that is the symbolism of a false teacher. Uh, Late autumn trees, another one. Uh, No fruit on the late autumn trees. You know, there should be harvest time during late autumn, but not with these fruit trees. And uh, they're twice dead. They're only good for pulling up by the roots and casting them into the fire. That's exactly what Jesus said would happen to the unfruitful in John 15, verse 6. Now, verse 13 here in Jude says, Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I don't know if you've ever been to the beach before, uh, the ocean, and seen uh, sea foam. And uh, it's kind of, to be honest with you, it's kind of gross looking. Um, it's It's really... Not uh, my favorite part of of going to the beach, Um, but these false teachers are like raging waves of the sea that foam up their own chain. Also, they're like wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. You think about this. Do stars have any hope of ever escaping their positions in space uh, as long as the universe remains? They don't, right? Uh, they, They stay the same. And so, basically, this is a picture of everlasting judgment. Uh, if if they don't repent of their ways, these false teachers and the ones that are influenced by them living in sin, if they don't repent, then their, their hope will be gone uh, for all of eternity. Now, verses 14 through 19, uh, we're going to notice continued descriptions of these false teachers. Verse number 14 says, uh, well, we'll read verses 14 and 15. It says, Uh, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. A word about Enoch. Enoch was characterized as faithful. To God, having walked with God uh, after the birth of his son Methuselah for 300 years, Genesis 5, verse 22, and Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him, Genesis 5, verse 24. Enoch is also mentioned in Faith's Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death because he had the testimony that he pleased God. That's Hebrews 11, verse 5. Uh, it says here that Enoch the seventh from Adam in his lineage, he prophesied as follows about false teachers. The Lord is going to come with 10,000 of his saints and will execute judgment upon them. Now, critics of the Bible will try to point to these verses to say that Jude quoted from the book of Enoch, which is a non-canonical book. It's an apocryphal book of the book of Enoch. But it cannot be proven. Which came first, the book of Jude or the book of Enoch? According to Brother Guy N. Woods that I've referenced several times, uh, his commentary 
in uh, dealing with the general epistles, there is some evidence to suggest that the book of Enoch actually came after the book of Jude. But regardless, Jude speaks uh, about this prophecy from Enoch because Jude was inspired, just as Enoch was inspired to to prophesy that. And so uh, it doesn't really matter whether the book of Enoch came first or the book of Jude. The book of Jude is inspired, and it happens to uh, record an event that the book of Enoch just also happens to speak about even though the book of Enoch is not inspired. Now, as far as the content of this particular prophecy, notice the number of times the word ungodly appears in verse 15. It appears four times. It also appears once back in verse 4, and it also appears once in verse 18. So six times in this book we have the word ungodly. So certainly no one should ever read the book of Jude or to be honest, very far in most any book of the Bible, without understanding that God will judge the ungodly on Judgment Day. And we can bank on that. We can know it. We need to prepare to meet our God. Now, verse number 16, continued descriptions of the ungodly. It says, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. So grumblers, complainers, grumbling and complaining are just as serious as some of the more scandalous things that we typically think of. Uh, sometimes, I guess it's human nature, people tend to want to rank sins, and that's honestly not what we should do. Uh, all sins are um, abominable to God, and, and uh, any sin will separate one from God. And grumbling and complaining are included in things that are sinful. And again, a lot of times we want to overlook that. We want to pretend like grumbling and complaining's no big deal, but it is. And uh, part of the sins of the Israelites in the wilderness, actually, was their grumbling and their complaining. So we need to just kind of take note of that here because it's considered ungodly uh, to be involved in that. Uh, also, they walk according to their own lust. So they basically, they do what they want to do, uh, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. They mouth great swelling words. They flatter people in order to gain advantage. So these are different ways that false teachers operate uh, in their own lust. Uh, I think it was in Peter we talked about last week. Uh, they have eyes full of adultery. They uh, mouth great swelling words. They flatter people to gain advantage. Basically, it's all about them and what can I do to try to uh, puff myself up and put myself in a better position uh, to gain more money or, or what have you. That's that's how false teachers operate. Now, verses 17 through 18 says, uh, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. This isn't anything new. This is not something that should be unexpected. Paul warned in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Paul warned in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, 
disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, you go through that list and you can't help but think, man, that sounds exactly like today. And the truth of the matter is, it sounds like all of human history because men are desperately wicked. And who can know the heart of men, right? Jeremiah tells us that. And so um, without the word of God present and without uh, it affecting the way that men live their lives, uh, reforming their lives to the pattern of God's word, without that taking place, this is what you get. You get all these lists of, of sins uh, evil things that men do. And Paul warned that in the last days, perilous times would come in which these many sins uh, would take place. Uh, Paul warned in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to Fables. Again, that readily describes our time. And then Peter, he warned in 2 Peter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust. So those are four warnings from two of the apostles, uh, warning about the same thing that Jude is talking about and warning about here. Now, verse number 19, it says, uh, These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. Verse number 19, uh, looking at my, uh, my footnote in my Bible, it says they are soul, soulish or uh, worldly persons. So that's the idea. They're only concerned with the sensual things, with carnal things. So three major problems in this verse, uh, sensuality, Again, only carnal, fleshly pursuits, uh, divisions, because uh, unfortunately some people do follow these folks. You can't imagine why, right? Because they, they like hearing that they can do whatever they want to do. They like hearing that grace is a license for sin, right? And then also they do not have the Holy Spirit. No semblance of the Holy Spirit is present uh, in their lives, obviously. So the bulk of Jude's book that we have studied thus, thus far, is dealing with these false teachers and uh, the, f the folks that follow those false teachers into immorality. But now Jude is actually going to turn his attention the opposite direction to those who are doing right. So look at verses 20 through 23. This is contrasting false teachers with followers of the truth. Verse 20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, so we need to build ourselves up on uh, our most holy faith. We need to be built up or Satan will gladly tear us down, right, because he is our adversary. We build ourselves up by nourishing ourselves, immersing ourselves in the Word of God constantly. And uh, just regarding praying in the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen says, I will pray with the Spirit and will pray with the understanding. Romans 8, verse 26 talks about the Holy Spirit's role in our prayers when we uh, don't know what to pray or how to pray, 
It says uh, that he helps us. It says that the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So that's just an interesting side note regarding the Holy Spirit there. Uh, Verse number 21 says, uh, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Notice, keep yourselves in the love of God. So it is possible to leave the loving care of God, to uh, go from being saved to unsaved. Again, as is the case with the vast majority of the uh, New Testament, I don't see how you can read it and think, or the Old Testament for that matter, uh, how one um, cannot fall from grace. You absolutely can fall from grace. So this... uh, Verse 21 here is a phrase that's not unlike Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, after Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We always need the reminder of the mercy and the love that we have. Uh, in God. Verses 22 and 23, this uh, involves our our responsibility toward one another, uh, helping hold one another accountable. It says that, um, verse 22, and, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Some uh, Christians, you have to have compassion and make a distinction or uh, make a difference, as the King James says, I believe, while others you have to save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So sometimes people uh, need compassionate sermons, uh, compassionate interaction with fellow Christians, compassionate reminders. Um, We need to be tactful, things like that. And then sometimes people just need a flat-out wake-up call. Uh, They need a hellfire and brimstone sermon to get their attention um, and these interactions, whether it's Hellfire and Brimstone sermon or it's uh, just uh, having to confront somebody face to face, they're not pleasant, but they are necessary reminders in order to get one's attention again to pluck them out of the fire that uh, will otherwise be their destination if they don't repent. So we need to make sure and use both. Um, both tools should be at our discretion as Christians, whether we're talking about myself and others as preachers or just Christians in general. Notice also, though, that we need to hate even the garment that is defiled by the flesh. In other words, we don't need to get anywhere near sinfulness that uh, Jude has talked about in the bulk of this epistle. So that's the contrast uh, compared to uh, those that are sinful and those who are living faithfully. And finally, what we want to do is look at Jude's conclusion. This is verses 24 and 25. Verse 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So obviously this is in reference to God. Verse 25, it says, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory in in, uh, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. So notice the awe and reverence for God that Jude had here in verse 25. Uh, Notice also the praise that he had, the glory 
majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. This is a good way to praise God. This is a good way to show reverence to God. And I really like this, the way that uh, Jude ends his epistle. So this concludes our study of the general epistles. Again, we've had a few different seasons where we have covered James and First and Second Peter, First, Second, and Third John, and Jude. We need to uh, realize that there's so much relevant material in the general epistles for everyday Christian living. We need to be reminded to be faithful to God always. Again, uh, we we always say on this podcast that uh, this is a podcast that reminds us that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We need to certainly have that attitude, and if we do, then it's going to help us to uh, maintain our faithfulness to Him. So we need to be reminded to be faithful to God. We need to be reminded to love one another as well and to live our lives faithfully as everyday Christians. Um, Let's also be reminded that our home is uh, in heaven. It awaits all the faithful at the end of time, and uh, we can look forward to that if we remain faithful, uh, if we keep the faith as everyday Christians. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast. We've got uh, several more uh, episodes in the works for the rest of this season, but uh, this season six is rapidly coming to a close. Appreciate you uh, for sticking with us, and I hope that you will tune in next week as we continue this season. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.